Welcome everyone to another episode of The Running Elephant. We'll be talking to Inyaki about his vision for the future of Bupa over the course of the podcast series and answering some of your questions about the elephant. I'm Nigel Sullivan, Bupa's Chief Sustainability and People Officer. I'm joined by Inyaki Arenu, our Group CEO. Hi Inyaki, como esta? <laughs> muy bien, muy bien amigo mío. Very well, very well. Thank you my friend. Gracias. Great to be with the master again in this podcast. <laughs> Gracias señor. Uh, so in today's episode, we'll be discussing the growth pillar of the elephant. This is one of the most popular areas of discussion when we launched the elephant earlier in the year. It's clearly an area our people feel passionately about. So let's get stuck in. Look, uh, Inyaki, we find ourselves in the world at the moment uh, at a place where so many businesses are under pressure, whether it be hospitality, entertainment, travel, etc. And so many people are trying to survive. Why should Bupa try to grow? Well, I think, uh, Nigel, is a great, look, it's a, it's a great question to start. So um, three ideas here. So one is our industry is one of the winners after COVID. So we have all experienced what not having health means. And I believe that this will imply that the private healthcare companies will see uh, additional growth uh, going forward in the years. Second idea is on an average terms, we haven't grown in the last years above the market average, which is not a great place to be. And the third idea is being totally sure that we should grow above market average is a new way of doing business that implies many things. It implies things like, you know, first of all, understanding why we do this. The main reason is why we need to grow above the market average is because the hospitals that we work with they work with tier prices, so they have better prices for the bigger companies. They have less good prices for companies that are not as big. So this is why we need to remain big. Second thing is we need to change things like the way we target our businesses, the way we do our planning, the way we organize our incentives. And the last comment here is that the third element of what does this new way of doing business growing above the market average means? It means that we need to elevate the consideration we have to sales activities and customer retention activities that I fear they are not in our own consideration on the place they should be. Thanks, Inyaki. And look, it's, it's interesting what you say about you know, the industry. I've got in front of me Deloitte's 2021 Global Healthcare Outlook uh, report. And the healthcare market globally, it says here, on average, between 2015 and 2019, grew by 2.8%. The forecast for 2020 to 24 is 3.9%. So, you know, so global health spending is going to increase. And if we can stay above that, as you say, that's good news, isn't it? Well, I think, uh, look, I, I know that data, uh, Nigel, but it's great to hear what you have just said. And my, my own interpretation of those numbers is that the growth, it will come from prevention, health prevention, and also chronic disease management activities because the curation element of our activity would probably remain similar. So those are the places in where we should focus much more in the future. So prevention and chronic disease management uh, related activities. Well, I, I have uh, our colleagues and, and Dan Keynes and the strategy team to thank for giving me the report. I mean, the report says, you I mean, really on average globally, 10.4% of, of GDP of countries although that, it varies wildly uh, between developed and, and, and less developed areas, but 10.4% uh, GDP on health, healthcare, big, big chunk. 
just thinking about the growth itself, you know, uh, the type of growth. I guess there's two types of growth. One is we grow ourselves, by ourselves, organically. Uh, and we also grow by acquiring others and acquiring that growth. Do you think that one is better than the other or more desirable than the other? Or do you, do you think it's a blend of both? Where do you think the growth will come from? Look, I think exactly as you probably suspect. I mean, probably you should be doing big companies normally do both. But also we need to recognize that probably in the past we have done a bit too much of the inorganic growth. So we had this mindset that growing meant acquiring. And I think going forward, there will be and there are already a lot of organic opportunities that we need to tackle. And we need to develop that muscle of the organic growth. Again, as I said, I mean, without we would not leave in pass if there is a good opportunity to do an acquisition. We will absolutely do it. But big focus for the future is the organic growth. I thought you might go in that direction, Iñaki, because I think in the past we've probably done a lot of a lot of acquisition and now we've got the platforms to build from, I guess, in many countries. But I also was thinking about the links between that and some of the other pillars like transformation or customer. I mean, do you think those links are really clear between those, those sorts of things about how we grow? Look, basically what we're saying is that we grow through new business and, and also retaining more customers. So the pillar number one on every business unit should be providing 250 customer experience improvements directly touches into retention because our experience is that if you do that, you normally get seven to eight more points on NPS and that co normally comes with a 10% reduction on the lapse rate. And also look the pillar on data. Basically that pillar says that every business unit should have an algorithm of lapses producing at least a 0.5 reduction on lapses. So this is the way we should see growth in the future. So more customers, but also retaining more of the customers that we do already have. Okay, and you touched on this point earlier on about scale and how important it is. Do you think our scale, which is a global scale, I mean, it's a multinational scale, and our multi-line businesses, do they help us to grow or could they hinder us from growing? I'm thinking about like, do we really learn from each other in the way that we should? Okay, so there are like two questions here, no, uh, Nigel? Um, it helps, absolutely, yes. Do we learn from each other? Uh, not as much as we should. So I believe that now, from now to the future, and in relation to growth, is more relevant than ever to learn from each other. For example, things that are happening now in terms of growth, there's a lot of beautiful things happening. I don't know, for example, in new sales, for example, what's happening in the UK with SMEs. So there's a lot of revolution behind the approach to SMEs. There's a lot of beauty coming from how we're tackling the international businesses in Australia. For example, I was talking to Angus last week and he shared with me that we have again provisioned three years contract with a big group called Haiko in Hong Kong, which was great. What we're doing in retention, there's a lot of, in Australia, for example, we're moving almost 400,000 customers to a different product and we're achieving a 94% of retention, higher than AOP with no noise. For example, in the UK, we're doing all of the sending the customer rebate. And, you know, we have already done several dozens of thousands of customers. I mean, any problem, all done very smoothly. I don't know, for example, um, there's a in agents. So one possibility of growing business is having more agents. For example, um, what we're doing in India, so Krishnan is trying to move from 50-something agents to 600-something agents. Why he moved to 600 is because he thought, I want to have a big number. So there's no technical reason, but it's just he is thinking big, which is great, Krishnan and, and the team. 
For example, what, do we, what we're doing in ELA with partnerships. So this is something that Iñaki and the team are doing that I find amazing. And we should share this much more is the business partners that they have in every country. The question is, why don't we normally are multinationals also? So why don't we choose these partners in other places? I don't know, for example, HDI, for example, in Turkey now talking to our locksmith people to do more business. Zurich is a partner, existing partner in, the, in Spain now. Uh, talking to the Brazilian people to do business in Brazil. I don't know, for example, how to keep growing a, a big a, a big customer like Aramco with the Saudi people. They have a strategy year by year to grow that customer. And it's a customer that we already have like 150,000 members. So so I think there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening, uh, Nigel. So we need more than ever to learn from each other because I believe that the skills that we need are within Bupa. We have them. It's just a matter of sharing them. You know, absolutely agree with that. I think, I mean, the experience we had over the last 12 months or so, now probably coming up to more like 14, 15 months, you know, I remember last summer asking myself the question just in a dark moment about when you can't travel, what's the point of being a multinational? But one of the big points of being a multinational is you learn from each other. And that's what we've done in the crisis environment as well, didn't we? We learned from each other and we were able to stay ahead exactly. in many cases of, of what was going on in the world and, and, and protect our people and our customers and serve them because we could see things that other people couldn't see around the healthcare systems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally with you. Now, here's a tricky, tricky sort of area. I mean, I guess somebody listening to this call might, might get the impression, look, well, is it growth at any cost then? We just, just grow, top line, that's what we go for. Is that the answer? Look, uh, Nigel, I don't love the answer, but I love you ask this because, because uh, one of the things that I haven't liked in the last years uh, of my experience in Bupa is that we are so, so risky averse company that we have automatically linked the, the word risky to sales. And at some point, I have re- I have sensed that we don't like sales because we believe sales sales are risky and no sales are beautiful. Yes, yes. So I haven't seen any element on sales that allows us to think that sales is an activity that comes with more risk than other activities that we do. So I think at some point we need to forget this thing about profitable sales, you know, uh, sustainable sales, because. of the sales I have seen, a lot of numbers of in relation to sales in the last years, they were safe sales. So sales are beautiful, customer retention are beautiful. So, and we need to honor those activities if we want to be a company that grows above the the market average in the future. Iñaki, you kind of took took the words out of my mouth there. My Spanish is terrible, as you you know from the beginning of the the call. You trying very well. And look, Nigel, you have a good accent. You need to know this. <laughs> but look, one of the things I've been learning is, is you know, working with, with you guys is you have Spanish as a first language. There's lots of phrases in Spanish that translate very nicely into English, but we wouldn't normally use them. And one of those, I love this term, honor. There's clearly a Spanish word that you guys use in English. Oh, really? Wow, okay. And I remember the first BPM of the year um, with Iñaki Peralta and the Ella team. And... He talked about honoring the sales and I, I loved it because I, I feel the same way, you know, and the, the kind of number of subscribers we have in Poland is in the millions. And I didn't know this. For example, it's never been talked about. I've been here four years. It's never been talked about in, certainly in, in a room that I've been in before. And I love this term, honor the sales. It's great. It's very motivating. <laughs> and I love your comment. I love your comment. I didn't realize um, 
the implication of the word. Yeah, yeah, it's a word that we use in Spanish. And I agree with you. At some point in Bupa, in the last years, we thought that the word sales was dirty. Exactly. And the word sales is beautiful. And we have um, sales teams that they need to feel that this company values very much and this company honors very much what they are doing because we need them. I've learned a few other phrases from Spanish to English, but probably not best to say them on the podcast. <laughs> maybe maybe trouble. for the future ones, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Once we warm up a little a bit more. <laughs> so look, um, you talked about some of the emblematic projects linked to growth in, in other parts of the pillars. I mean, we've got one um, obviously in the growth pillar itself around uh, improving annual market share of the funding businesses. Now that's clearly very deliberately worded. Does that mean that there's not a place for the provision businesses in the growth? It's a, it's a great question. So this is the way, the way it landed when we built up the elephant is the way it has. But this is because our funding businesses normally have very clear official statistics that you can use to compare where you are in relation to market average and your competitors. In the provision businesses, we have more difficulties to find sustainable, clear uh, data to compare with. However, it doesn't mean that this only applies to the funding businesses. It applies to every business in where Bupa is, because as I said at the beginning, it's a way of doing business, because uh, it's just an attitude on in our executives and we can have different attitudes and different ways of doing business in different business units. So it applies to everybody. Funding is the one that has more clear statistics. That's the only reason. Okay. And, and I think where we've, where we've seen some really positive growth, it's, it's also funding and provision working together as well. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the big, big opportunities that we have going forward. No question, uh, Nigel. And, and also, look, COVID is also bringing the need of working together, funding and provision um, is bringing that need even more seriously and, and, and more heavily for the future. Inyaki, look, thanks again. Thanks again for taking the time to talk to us and, and answer my questions. I really, I think people appreciate it. It's, it's great to see you again. So this, uh, there's another word for you for the, uh, your Spanish lessons is maestro. So you are the maestro <laughs> of, uh, of the podcast where you make things very easy. So thank you very much. Thank you to you and thank you everybody for being with us today. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to get in touch, if you have any questions or comments, please drop us a line at runningelephant at bupa.com. Make sure to watch out for the next episode. Thank you and goodbye for now.